0: Father God, we just uh, come before you, Lord. We, uh, We need to hear from you, Lord. We need to hear from you. Speak to us through your word today that it may change us, that it may continue to mold us, that we can take what we hear today and apply it to our life. In Jesus' name, amen. So today's title is... They shall be fulfilled and satisfied. They shall be fulfilled and satisfied. So, um, how many of us get hungry from time to time? Some of you guys are a lot hungrier than others. <laughs> Some people live hungry, right? No matter how much they eat. We're not going to talk about gluttony today. <clears throat> However, um, believe it or not, and this may come as a surprise to some of you, hunger can make people do things out of character. Did you know that? Did you know that someone really hungry can come out of character and and actually say things and do things that they usually wouldn't say or usually wouldn't act. That's what hunger can do. On an empty stomach, some people are triggered at anything. At anything. You know? Why'd you drop that pen there? Why? Why? Oh, sorry, sorry. Anything can trigger a hangry person. Hunger for over five hours, and this was actually, they did like a little study, but did you know, and some of you guys may not even be paying attention to it, but if you have been seriously hungry for over five hours, you begin to crave things that are a little unusual. You know, some of us may not realize that, right? Um, But some people will give attention to those cravings, but people begin to crave things that they wouldn't usually put together, dipping ice cream, uh, French fries in ice cream, you know, or I'm putting mustard on it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. People will do things um, and eat things that, that are weird sometimes if they are hungry for a long period of time. Has anybody ever ordered food at a restaurant when you're really hungry? I'm guilty of this the most because my wife tells me all the time, like, wait, you ordering that too? And you're ordering that? And that? I'm like, Hey this is what I want to eat. And then, of course, at the end of dinner, what happens? Um, I need a box for this, 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 this. It never fails. When you order food when you're hungry, it never fails. And if you try shopping while you're hungry, food shopping, right? The supermarket, you're like, oh, this looks good. Oh, this looks good. Oh, this looks good. And you end up with all this extra stuff that you weren't even planning on buying because it looked good because you're hungry. Has, have any of you ever asked a hungry person to share their food? Can I get a, uh, what? No. No, you can't. I told you to get your own fries. You ever go somewhere and I'm not, I'm not going to look at nobody. I'm just saying. You ever go somewhere, like let's say a quick drive through like, you know, a quick snack or something. You want anything? No, no, I'm good. Okay, I'm going to get this, this, and this. And then you pull off, and not even a block away, it's like, can I get some of those fries? We're going back. We're going back. You get your own fries. (laughs) Hunger will cause you to be nice to someone that you probably wouldn't have been nice to because they have access to food. Wait, wait. Fabian is grilling steaks? So, Fabian, what's up? How you doing? This, uh, although, <laughs> although some of you may not have a, had a chance to eat breakfast, and you're probably really hungry right now, and all this talk about food and hunger only intensified your situation, the reality is that we're not going to be talking about being hungry for food today. This morning, we're gonna take about we're gonna take a look at what the word says we should be hungry for. What the word says we should be hungry for. So with that said, I would like you guys to turn to Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. Matthew chapter 5 verse 6. You know the funny thing is while you guys are looking for that, when I stand here, it's like a, a warm feeling, right? When I stand here, this is the Arctic blast side right here. So people are sitting here. If you guys are freezing, I'm going to tell you next time, you might want to come over over here. If you like it nice and cold, this is the side to be on right here. I can feel it from up here. All right, Matthew chapter 5, verse 6. It says, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness for they shall be filled. One verse, so simple, but yet there's so much. Blessed are those who hunger for, and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. All right. Praise God. So we're here, here we have Jesus who's delivering the, the the or, or, or this is kind of like the intro to the to the famous sermon on the mount. You have Jesus that he's gonna go through a list of beatitudes, a list of beatitudes, right? And, and to kind of simplify it, real simple, what a beatitude is, it's kind of like um, uh, a description of like an ideal heart condition that a citizen of the kingdom should have. Just to understand, because you hear the word beatitude, beatitude. What a beatitude is, is kind of like, it's it's exactly that. It's describing a heart condition that as citizens of the kingdom of heaven, we should have. And if you read them and you feel like you're falling short, then our job is to ask God to help us in those areas so that we can... uh, have a heart like the way he describes in there. Lord, give us a heart like that. Help me become like this, you know? Help me. So, hunger and thirst for righteousness. That word, righteousness, it's weird to throw this around sometimes because, you know, we're like, well, I don't know, That's, that's, that's that's a strong word. It's a strong word, righteousness. What exactly does it mean? Righteousness. And again, I wanna to try to simplify as best I can because sometimes we can give you the seminary theologi- uh, uh, theologic definition and you leave here and still be like, so what does it actually mean? <laughs> Sorry, it's the truth. Righteousness is an attribute, an attribute of God, righteousness is like the very essence of who God is, right? And so, when, when we begin to hunger and thirst for righteousness, at that moment, it's like we are developing this very deep and inner longing to please God. This very deep and inner desire for all our being, like to, 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 to want all our being to to live and walk the way God says to. Righteousness is is to crave God. Is to crave Him. To crave holiness. Which by the way is a word that I don't think we, we, we teach enough about these days. And I'm not, I'm not from like the super old school, but I'm going to tell you something. I can appreciate the upbringing because they taught a lot about holiness. And sometimes we, we just want to kind of like take Christianity and believe out the holiness. Because when we leave out the holiness, we get to do some of the things that we like to do and not feel so bad about it. And not get convicted about it. Anyways, that's not, that's not in here. That's not in here. Erica, stop. Keep me going. <laughs> Come on now. Come on now. All right. <sighs> it's a desire to be right with God. Righteousness. Righteousness is just this. I mean, I'm talking about like a, uh, I just want to be right with God. I just want to walk where he wants me to walk. I just want to talk and say the things that he wants me to say. I just need him. Righteousness. And then if you truly desire that, you get troubled in the moments that you're not. If you're living in a way where you're like, I need you, I need you, I, I, I want to walk with you, I want to talk with you, I want, I, want, I want you to be in control, I desire this relationship. And all of a sudden, like, the moments that you don't, something inside of you is like something is not right here. Where are all the married men in the house? Married men, raise your hand. Woo! All right. All right. So uh, this, this example we all know very well. You're sitting on the sofa, minding your own business, and your wife walks in to the room. She doesn't say anything. She doesn't bother you. She just lets you watch TV, and she starts to work in the background. Something inside of you says something isn't right. There's something not right. Hmm. Now, your wife hasn't even said anything. But there's like this inner voice that says there's something wrong right now. It's going in your head. And so at that moment, you start to go down the list. Okay. Is it her birthday? No, it's not her birthday. Is it anniversary? No, it's not the anniversary. And you begin to go down the list of your head. Hmm, did I say something insensitive the last time we had a conversation? Did I, did I say something? Did I, did I overstep a boundary? Did I, did I leave the socks out in the hallway? <laughs> or my shoes in the living room? I, and we begin to evaluate where we are at that moment. What what could I have done? Or what is going on? Because sometimes it's not you. You're just like, okay, what did Abigail do? (laughs) What did she do this time? You know? But the thing is, at that moment, we we begin oh, there's another one. Did I forget to put the trash bag in the kitchen trash can after I took it out? Chris is like, I feel you. So I may not know what has happened at that moment. I don't know. I don't know what's going on, but I have this feeling, but I do know this. I do know that at that moment, something isn't right, right? At that moment, there's something wrong, and like any loving husband, I just want it to be right. I just want it to be right. Like any loving husband, I want to have uh, this hunger. We should have a hunger to have peace in your home, love in your home, joy in your home. There's a hunger for that. And so, wives, that's why men are guilty of trying to fix anything real quick. You know, we're we're there to help you. You know? We have a hunger for rightness in our relationship. And all the husbands say, amen. Righteousness is to be right with God. To hunger and thirst means that you truly, truly desire it, that you need it. Just as much as you would desire food and water. How many of us can say we don't have any desire for food or for water? And the thing is, we know, we know that, you know, uh, food and water may sustain this earthly vessel, but it is the presence of God. It is God himself that will sustain us for eternity. You understand? So if you look at it, which, which, which one should we should be more hungry for? Should we be more hungry for? This is where fasting comes in Sometimes. Because some of us, we have to to, uh, train our bodies. We have to train our bodies so that we can build the spirit within us. All right? And so sometimes we have at that moment said, you know what? I'm going to hunger and thirst for righteousness, meaning the desire to crave God in such a way that I'm going to put aside everything just for this. Be challenged. Be challenged. Go ahead. Try it. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. So we hear blessed and filled, and those are words that we love. Woo! Blessed! Woo! Filled! Yes! But you know what? There's a misconception that blessings come in only, uh, blessings come in form, in only material forms. So what happens is we read these things and we say, hey, bless, I'm blessed, so what am I going to get? I'm blessed, so where's the miracle? What, 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 what am I going to hold on to that I can see is the blessing that God is going to give me? Because I'm, her- I'm hungering and thirsting for him, so where is, where's my prize? You know, blessings don't always come in the form of Material things. In fact, if I'm bold enough to say, in this this text as we're reading here, the blessing, the blessing is the fact that he will fill you. Do you understand? You are blessed to be filled and satisfied by the presence of God. All right, so we, re- we read our text this morning, and I want to just take a time to see how this text, how this beatitude applies to us in three different ways, in three different ways. And the first way is, how does this beatitude apply to our salvation? How does it apply to my salvation? So we know that righteous is to be right standing with God, and I mean, if I'm bold to say, most of us want that, right? Most of us want to be in right standing with God. We desire to be right with God. But the problem is that on our own, we will never be right with God. On your own, you will never be right with God. You will never be in right standing. None of us will ever be. We were originally originally made to know him and to be satisfied with him in his presence forever. But something happened. Romans 3.10 says this. Romans 3.10 says, As it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one. I'm going to tell you what happened. It's called Sin. And when sin entered this world, it took away our ability to be righteous, I guess, without God. Even though he was there anyways. That's a weird thing right there. We cannot be righteous. We're all born sinful. So as a result of that, (laughs) this flesh will always choose sin. How can I be righteous without God if this vessel that he put me in will always choose sin? It won't choose his desire. It won't choose his direction. It won't, it won't, it won't do what he wants it to do unless we surrender ourselves to him and we accept him and receive him The person who is hungry for righteousness, you're not satisfied. You won't be satisfied being the way that you are. You just can't be satisfied. You know, before if you guys think of your pre-relationship with Christ, those that are saved, those that are are followers of Christ, you think of before your commitment to Christ, there was this thing like, I'm not satisfied with this. this, this, There's something missing. And then that hunger for righteousness to get back right, to get right with God. I wanna tell you about a story in the 1980s. There was a, back in the 19, I mean, I'm sorry, take it further back. In the 1800s, there's a big difference, right? Back in the 1800s in England, there was a young man and he found himself miserable. He was miserable. He even wrote about it in his memoirs, right? Miserable. And, and, and he, he just couldn't find, uh, uh, he couldn't find a way to rid himself of this misery. And then he came to this, to this idea of, you know what? I just need to be, like, ridden of my sin. I, I need to, to be saved. I need to give my life to Christ somehow. Like, I, I, but he didn't know. But he didn't know how to do that. He didn't know really how to go about that, but he had a hunger. You see, even without realizing it, he had a hunger for righteousness, and so at this, this hunger caused him to do things and move and, 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 and take action. So here he has, he's got this hunger. Um, if only God would forgive him, but he doesn't really know how to go through this. So in desperation, he goes to like almost every church in his neighborhood, and he walks into a church on Sunday, and he sits down, And he's a part of the service, and he said that the pastor preached an amazing message on the sovereignty of God, but not how to be saved. So he goes to a second church. Again, you know, he, he doesn't say anything bad about the way the pastor preached, but he said the pastor preached a great message about keeping the law, but not how to be forgiven if you break it. So he goes to another church, and the pastor preached a great message on how to live as a Christian, but he never said how to be saved. So the young man, in his hunger for righteousness, he continued to search. I guess he used whatever version of the yellow pages he had back then, but he kept looking. Some people like, yellow pages? I'm, I'm sorry. Google. Google. My bad. Google, so, so their, their version of Google back then, whatever it was. But he he keeps looking for more churches in his desperation, in his hunger, because he he just wanted to be right with God. So one more on Sunday morning, he's like, All right, I, I'm gonna go and I'm gonna find this church, and all of a sudden a big snowstorm hit the area. And so he's out there, you guys seen the movies, you know, like you know, And he's out there, and he's looking, and he goes to one church, and they, they called in a snow day. So it's locked. So he goes, and he goes to another church, and they called in a snow day. And so he's looking for a church that is open in his hunger. We have a problem that there's no parking in this neighborhood. If you have a hunger, then park two blocks away on Front Street between Venango and Erie. Plenty of parking, plenty of parking. It's just two blocks. How hungry are you? This man, this man in a snowstorm walking is looking and searching. You see, at least we know where you're, where you're going. He didn't know where he was going. He was going from church to church trying to find one. He finally finds a church that's open. few people in there. As a matter of fact, the pastor couldn't make it because of the snowstorm. So he had one of the men in the church go go with it, flow with it, take over. And this man uh, uh, preached a a, a 10-minute sermon. It reminds me of my mom. When my mom preached her first sermon, it was literally like six minutes. Like I was like, my sisters and I were like sitting there, and when she preached, we were like, yeah, woo! Let's go. Let's go. And my dad got the mic, and he's like, oh, so I just want to, uh, you know, talk a little bit more about that. And my dad took it for another 45 minutes. But, <laughs> but um, I remember her first sermon was like five or six minutes, and this gentleman, his sermon was 10 minutes long, and, and this young man says that it was a simple message. He was a simple man, didn't have all the education in the world, didn't even pronounce a lot of the words the right way. I know I messed some pronunciations up too. <laughs> but uh, he said he preached from Isaiah 45, 22. What does Isaiah 45, says? say? Let's take a look at it. Isaiah 45, 22 says, look to me, look to me, and be saved. All you ends of the earth, for I am God and there is no other. The preacher that day said, it doesn't take effort on your part. Just look to me, says the Lord. You don't have to be great or a rich man. Look to him. You don't have to look at yourself how bad you've been or how good you've been. Because, you know, some people are like, I'm really good. <laughs> you don't have to look at how good or bad you've been. The word says to look to him. Look to Christ. Look to what he did on the cross for you. He died for you. He bled for you. He sacrificed himself for you. Look to him and be saved. So finally, he learned how to be saved, to look to Christ. And for Christ, Christ was going to save him, his acceptance of Christ. His spiritual hunger kept him going from one church to another. The snowstorm couldn't stop him. And his spiritual hunger was blessed because it drove him to find Jesus as his Savior. As his Savior. <laughs> it was at that moment that Charles Spurgeon, some of you know who he is, was able to begin his walk with the Lord. But it started with a hunger. A hunger that nothing could satisfy. So my question is, as we continue this, it's like, how hungry are you? You know, Chanel, Sister Chanel opened up and she was like hungry. I was like, did we did I say anything about what I was gonna preach about? She said, how hungry are you? And and, and that's actually what I wanted to title it, like hungry question mark, but I didn't. (laughs) But um how hungry are you? How hungry are you? How hungry are you for Christ to save you? How hungry are you for salvation? How hungry are you for redemption? How hungry are you? The second way that this beatitude applies to our life is it applies to the Christian life. And so the first one was salvation. For those that don't have a relationship with Christ, that's how that beatitude applies to you. For those that have accepted Christ, that are Christians, Right? Blessed are those Christians who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they, yes, Christians too, right, will be satisfied. Our text not only speaks about our initial hunger and thirst, but this text, um, it, it, it continues to, to address the hunger and thirst that we should have for the rest of our lives every day as a follower of Christ. This is expressed by David. David talks about this in Psalms, and I want to read Psalms with you. Psalms 63, verse 1 to 5. Psalms 63, verse 1 to 5, and it says says this. God, you are my God. Early I will seek early will I seek you. My soul thirsts for you. My flesh longs for you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water. So I have looked for you in the sanctuary to see your power and your glory, because your loving kindness is better than life. My lips shall praise you. Thus I will be thus I will bless you while I live. I will lift my up my hands in your name. My soul shall be satisfied. Say satisfied. As with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. In that verse, we see that in those verses, we see that David hungers and thirsts for the presence of God. As a Christian, do you have a hunger and thirst for the presence of God? He goes on to, you know, he, he, he has a thirst and a hunger for the presence of God and so then he goes to the sanctuary and he worships god in the sanctuary he sings he lifts his hands etc etc and after he does these things he is satisfied satisfied our hunger and thirst for righteousness it should drive you it should drive you listen When some of you guys are hungry, like starving hungry, you will go above and beyond to make sure that you satisfy that hunger. Some of you will be like, I mean, look, it could be like bedtime, time for you to go to sleep. Like, you know what? You will get get dressed and go out just to eat so that you can go to sleep. You will change your calendar. You will change your schedule. You will drop. Listen, I can't meet you. I can't meet you. I can't with something. Sorry, sorry. I can't, I can't meet up with you. You will change your life courses if you were really hungry and wanted to feed because you know what? That would be priority for you. Sustaining your body is priority to you. Everybody else can wait. But we don't look at sustaining our spirit that way. We don't look at sustaining our spirit as priority. When in this, when in this case, the spirit is what's going to... Sustaining our, our spirit is a preparation for eternity. Like forever. I don't know. I don't know. Our initial hunger is what brings us to God to be saved. But then we still have this ongoing hunger... And, and and we're supposed to worship him daily. We're supposed to go before him daily. We're supposed to do these things so that we can continue to be filled and satisfied by him. However, what happens very often is that we try to fill that hunger, that void <laughs> in our lives with junk food. And you we guilty of it. You hungry but you don't want to cook something. You're hungry but you don't want to go to so there's like a bag of chips. You know, and you just grab a bag of chips because at that moment, it may satisfy the moment or or the minute, but you know that it brings no satisfaction. And that's what sin does. It's temptations, that, you know, the things in our lives that that even as a believer, there's other things. And now, and now at the same time, you know, we don't only do junk food, right? Um, we snack a lot. Uh, but what happens is when you... Replace the food with junk food. And I'm talking spiritually as well. We wonder why we live frustrated. We wonder why we're so unfulfilled. But I'm a Christian. I'm, I, I accept the Christ. You know? But you're not, you're not being satisfied by filling yourself with him daily. So what happens is, as a Christian, you're living Frustrated. As a Christian, you're living unfulfilled. You know how many, I, don't, I don't. This is this is this is so common. This is common. So some of you guys sitting there, I'm not going to move because you're going to know. Listen, this almost it's a lot of people in the body of Christ. What's happening is that many of us that our hunger isn't being satisfied, we find ourselves just snacking, snacking, snacking. And so what a snack looks like in our walk with God is, let me show up to a Sunday service real quick. Real quick. Let me watch a YouTube clip of Steve Furtick. All y'all Steve Furtick junkies. Let me catch a clip of this pastor, or this pastor, or this pastor, blah, blah, blah. Right? You catch a clip. I'm not saying it's bad. I'm not saying you can't watch other people, other sermon. I'm not saying any of that. What I'm saying is that's not your spiritual food. Like that can't be, that can't be what you're going to be uh, full and, and fulfilled with just watching a clip. Because, you know, many, we, a lot of us won't we watch the whole sermon. We got to watch those sermon snippets, the ones that are 30 seconds, the inspirational ones, the ones that make you feel good, right? The ones that are only 35 seconds long. Many times, even taken out of context, if you watch the whole sermon, you're like, oh, that's what he means, right? So what happens is, so what happens is we, we watch these snippets. We, we, we put on a worship song here and there, which, by the way, you know, our, our, our lifestyle should be, like, just worship. We should be worshiping him all the time, all the time. But, we, we, you know, you know what? It's a good day to put on a worship song, And so what happens is a song here, a sermon snippet there, showing up every once in a while. These are snacks. How many of y'all like to snack? Don't raise your hands. Don't raise your hands. All right. How many of y'all like to eat? Right? Like to eat? Amen. Amen. God doesn't want us just getting by. You know that, right? He doesn't want you to just get by. It's like, it's like, it's, uh, be nice. It's like this. We have visitors today. (laughs) Um, It's like this. It's, It's the fact that he doesn't want us just getting by because you see what he has, what his purpose for you is so much greater. I mean, he has a powerful purpose, whatever it is. It's powerful because he gave it to you. Okay? And so what happens is, if you're just getting by, how can he be glorified in the purpose that he's put in you? How can he be glorified in it if you're just getting by? If you're just getting by, how are you going to help someone in their walk if you're just getting by? If you're just getting by, how are you going to teach and preach and and lead and guide and, and be in a testimony in the street if you're just getting by? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now, we haven't really talked on this subject, God and I, but I know for a fact that God is not happy with a malnourished body. We are the body of Christ. We are the body of Christ. He doesn't want us to be malnourished. If you hunger and you thirst for him, you will be satisfied. You will be satisfied. You will experience a peace and a joy <laughs> that those who don't make the sacrifices to hunger and thirst for him will never experience. You will experience peace and joy and, 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 this, and this satisfaction that you will only experience if you make the sacrifices that you need to make to hunger and thirst for him. The third thing is uh, it, it applies to eternity. It applies to our salvation. It applies to our walk with God. And it applies to eternity. As much as we devote ourselves to worshiping God in this life, all that we experience with God here is just a taste. It's just a snippet. It's just, it's that 30-second snippet that you guys watch, right? It's, 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 it's just a taste of what we will get to enjoy for the rest of eternity. You know, when we hunger and thirst now, we will be totally and fully satisfied in heaven for eternity in his presence. And that is a true blessing. No blessing can top that. Let's turn to Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. Psalms chapter 16, verse 11. And it says, you will show me the path of life. In your presence is fullness of joy. At your right hand are pleasures forevermore. In his presence, our joy will be totally fulfilled by him. All the hunger and the thirst that we've had for something in our life, right? For something. Which many times we're guilty of trying to fill with other things. Will be totally satisfied, totally satisfied in the presence of God in heaven forever. What movie was that? Forever. What movie is that? Sandlot? Was it a Sandlot? It's a classic for you younger people. It's a classic. You got to watch it. Forever. 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 Psalms chapter 17. Verse 15, Psalms chapter 17, verse 15. It says this As for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I shall be satisfied, say, satisfied, when I awake in your likeness. Hmm. Bible tells us that the moment that we awake in heaven, because in case you don't know what to awake in his likeness is, is the moment we, like, arrive in the presence of God, right? And so the moment we awake in heaven, that moment we will be satisfied. Just like that. All, I mean, completely satisfied, completely fulfilled, you know, where you have to unbuckle the, unbuckle the belt and loosen a couple buttons, satisfied like that, forever. And what are we satisfied with? It says, I will see your face in righteousness. Some, some versions say, some versions say, the glory of his face. I will be satisfied for the rest of eternity because I get to see the glory of Your face. His face will give us the pleasure and the glory that we always were designed to be fulfilled by in the first place. Listen, I know this life that we live on this world, this earth, it can be hard. It can be painful. It can be hurtful. It can be stressful. You know, there's drama. How many people got drama in their life? (laughs) <laughs> Somebody raised their hand I'm like put your hand down. You got no drama in your life. <laughs> um there's drama, there's confusion. You know? There's chaos. There's chaos in this world. But if we continue to hunger for and thirst for righteousness, we continue to hunger for him. Throughout all the the junk in this world that we have to deal with, there will come a day that we will find satisfaction in His presence. And that should change our thought process to understand that everything that we have to deal with, all the junk that we have to deal with, all the chaos that we live in, is temporary. It's temporary. And what matters most is eternity. And if you want to be satisfied, then we make the sacrifices now, right? Pain of discipline instead of the pain of regret. We make the sacrifices now so that we can spend an eternity with him. And I say it like that, but really it shouldn't be really a sacrifice to accept Christ as your savior. I mean, like, do you know what he did for you? The acceptance of Christ isn't really much a sacrifice. It's living for him that sometimes we have to sacrifice the way some of our traditions that we talked about, some of the things that we we're just, oh, this, is how I always, this, this is how we do things. In closing, in closing, I want to, I want you guys to, to ask yourselves, be honest with yourselves this morning. Don't, don't raise your hands. Don't, don't point at somebody next to you. But be honest with yourselves this morning. And ask yourself, have I been looking to satisfy but only God can satisfy through other things, through other people. It could be a job. It could be relationships. Have I been looking in all the wrong places to be fulfilled? Think about that. I mean, we say the answer is simple. Satisfaction is found f- total Satisfaction is found in Christ. Only in Him. It's not found in the amount of money that you have in the bank. We know plenty of stories of very, very wealthy people. You guys see it. Every what? It's like every couple years you have another movie star, another famous singer, another that commits suicide. That throws their life away—drugs and alcohol. I mean, I mean, there, there's—it's there's, a rotation. Why? Because no amount of money can fulfill what only God can fulfill. No relationship, no matter how perfect your husband is, <laughs> I don't want you playing. No relationship can ever fulfill what only God can fulfill. No status or title. Some people are so career-driven that they feel, if I can just make it to the top, I'll, I'll, I'll be somebody. I'll be fulfilled. And then you find yourself sitting in that top office all by yourself, miserable, miserable. Miserable. Because it cannot fulfill what only God can fulfill. Every, the, the thirst and the hunger that we have for something from the beginning was designed to be filled by him. From the beginning. So if you could stand with me this morning, church. Church. And a prayer team, if you guys please come up, please. I want to talk to two people today. I want to talk to those that have accepted Christ. So if you're sitting here, standing here, if you're watching on TV and you have accepted Christ, I want to tell you this. The initial hunger that you had for Christ led you to accept Christ. They, they, that initial hunger that you had. It it drove you to meet Him. You accepted Him. You received Him. You acknowledged that you were a sinner, right? But now is the time to ask yourself, those that have already accepted Christ, are you continuing to hunger and thirst for the Lord? Or are you snacking? to get by. We're going to pray soon, and the altar is open. As you can see, we have a prayer team that just wants to pray with you. They want to pray with you. Because we can make a decision today to say, you know what? I'm sick of the snacks. We're cutting snacks out of our diet. We're going to go full meat and potatoes. Amen? But that's the decision that you need to make. And sometimes we find ourselves struggling because we think we're alone in this walk and you're not alone. And we're here for you and we want to pray with you. The second group of people I want to talk to are those that have yet to accept Christ as their personal Lord and Savior. You know the empty void that I'm talking about. You felt it. You feel it when you're laying in bed after an awesome, look at my quotations, An awesome night at the club, right? And you go home and it's all alone and the lights are off and you're laying in bed and you just all of a sudden have this weird feeling of this emptiness. You go out and party, you go out and have a great time, this and that, and then you find yourself again empty. You turn to alcohol and at that moment you forget everything and then afterwards you find yourself empty. You turn to drugs, and at that moment it makes you forget, and all of a sudden you find yourself empty. And you've been trying and searching and going everywhere looking, what can satisfy this thing? I mean, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's like, who will I become? Or, or where am I supposed to be? Or and we got all these questions and, and feeling, and I'm going to tell you right now, the only one that can fill that void in your life is Jesus. It's Jesus. It's Jesus. Don't waste any more of your life. Don't waste any more time. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Father God, we come before you today. Lord, we. We need to hunger and thirst for you. We ask right now that you just, Lord, that you intensify the hunger, that you intensify a thirst, that we understand that we need you, Lord, that we need you to be fulfilled by you, that you don't want us just getting by, that you want us to be empowered by your Holy Spirit, so that you can be glorified in everything that you do through us. Father, right now there are Christians that we're guilty of snacking. We're guilty of of just eating to get by, and right now we just want to open the altar because we want to pray with you. We want to pray with you because today is the day that you put away the snacks and and, and get the food and be filled with His presence. We want to pray with you. It's not something to be ashamed about. It's not something to be embarrassed about because, you know what, at some point of our walks, many of us are guilty of snacking. We want to pray with you if you're here in the house and you haven't accepted Christ, today's a day that that, that he fills the void that you haven't been able to do on your own. He He wants to come into your life and he wants to change it. He wants to restore it. He wants to redeem it. Father God, You haven't accepted the Christ, today can be the day. And it's simple. It's coming to an understanding that you can no longer keep trying to do it on your own. It's coming to an understanding that you are a sinful person. It's coming to an understanding that you are just filthy. You're filthy. We are all filthy. But understanding that his death on the cross, his sacrifice, that blood that was spilled on Calvary, it cleanses us. It cleanses the filth. Jesus. Jesus, thank you, Lord and it's saying I'm a sinner and I need you Lord I need you to come into my life and save me save me help me live for you if you haven't done that today can be your day if you're watching on on YouTube or Facebook today is your day don't let today go without reaching out to us We want to pray with you. We want to pray with you. The altar is open if you just need prayer. If you need prayer at all, if if you're sick, if you're ill, if there's something hurting, the altar is open, we want to pray with you. I believe that the presence of God is just here. He's he's active. He He wants to heal today he wants to heal and sometimes like well i'm not sick no there's things broken in you that he wants to fix today the altar is open in jesus name amen